I Want to Believe Radio. This is Theater of the Mind, and uh, this happens to be uh, one of the podcasts where we dare go where people don't want to go, and uh, we're going to talk about all things that might haunt you, that might freak you out. We're going to talk about the fantastic, the bam, bass, boombastic, the <laughs> wow, <laughs> whatever else, man. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to I Want to Believe Radio. I'm Bob. Boombastic. I I yet to see that, but I guess we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna explore that here on this show. And with me, as always, is Dan Big Dog Holroyd. Hi and, everybody. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Missing is Elmer Boster, who uh, is working. This is uh, basically this is a segment of I Want to Believe Radio. Uh, right. We're just gonna today talk about some of our our past cases with. Paranormal investigating, um, primarily ghost hunting. And uh, we're going to also um, show you some of our evidence that we've collected through the years, uh, through uh, the different cases that we've been working on. And we want to welcome you. So as you listen to this, we are on Bruise Radio, bruiseradio.com or rockrageradio.com. If you are listening to this, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday night on Bruise Radio. Be sure to turn off the lights, light a candle, and uh, shut your eyes, and just imagine that you're with us on this <laughs> light journey. Light a candle, shut your mouth, shut your eyes. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no. It's uh, and and thanks for listening to us on Sunday night. I gave a listen, our first broadcast. You know, our first broadcast. Just and I usually don't like to sit and listen to ourselves when we've done shows because you know I get embarrassed about the flubs and. You know, mistakes that we make, but um, I gave it a listen. You know, I, I hung in there, and uh, I want to thank all of you out there who apparently have, have tuned in, especially some of you brother uh, podcasters and DJs there over at Bruce. Thanks for uh, joining the party. But um, Yeah, absolutely. You know, thank you so much for having us. Um, yeah. Dan, are you there? Yeah. Seem to really get people's imagination going. Yes, sir. Yes. We uh, we missed you for a second there. I don't know if you had some paranormal activity on your end, but uh, we, we lost I you. Did. So if you want to repeat what you had just said, I think we have a gremlin um, haggling the soundboard I was here. Just, I was just thanking everybody for joining the EVP shows. They seem to get a lot more attention than you know most of the podcast sure. stuff that you offered. I mean, that's been, you know, you and I have been at this for quite a few years, so... Uh, I just wanted to make a comment about that, that it always seemed to have bigger audiences once we started doing EVP stuff. And, uh, again, I think people really want to be part of the program, and that brings them in literally into our living room to sit here and experience with you. Hey, Dan, uh, we're losing you, buddy. There's uh, your connection. Are you there? Hello? Yep, I'm here. Okay, all right. It just went when you're talking, you kind of phase in, phase out a little bit. It's weird. 
Yeah. Um, and I got a hard line, hard line connection too. So weird. Hmm. Wonder um, where mine would be acting. Yes. No, no, I agree with you. I think it's one thing to believe in this, but it's another thing to actually have some evidence to, uh, to listen to or, or to see whether it be EVP electronic voice phenomena or whether it be um, seen on the camera. I think people want to see that evidence. They want to experience that, that taste of bittersweetness when it comes to witnessing a paranormal encounter. And I think, you know, EVP evidence, it brings them one step closer as if they're right there. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that 100%. Again, you know, it's it's audience participation, and that really, you know, uh, I guess brings you folks right into the front door with us. Absolutely. You know, then, uh, as I said, if you've, if you've had experiences, I remind everybody, too, before we get started, Bob, that um, they can reach us over at our website, which is up and going, up and going strong. It's the Michigan69podcast.com. Just type that in. It'll bring you over. And we have, uh, I believe, two contact buttons placed uh, on the website that if you want to, you know, get in touch with us, uh, all you do is fill out the field, send your email, and it directly goes over to us. Um, I believe we have that hooked up to smpkazoo at yahoo.com, I think is the, the connection on the other end of that. But uh, I just want to remind everybody, give us, give us some thought, give us some feedback. And if you have guests or you want to be a guest, uh, ideas, let us know. Absolutely. And if you have any uh, critiques of the show or um, maybe you listen to these EVPs on the show, but you think, you know, we tell you that we think they're saying one thing and maybe you hear something else, let us know. You know, we're, we're open to that. That's why we like to share this evidence with everybody because, you know, we believe in, in everybody participating in this, um, this journey of the unknown. Um, just we're all trying to figure this out. And and it'd be nice to to kind of know our destination before we die, even though, you know, we will eventually achieve that destination at some point in time. Um, but it's still, it, it, it's promising to know that there's something else beyond this realm. So, yeah, as Dan had mentioned, man, if, if there's any input that you have, um, if you want us to help out, even as our team, the Southern Michigan Paranormal Night Stalkers, um, if you guys need some help, you know, reach out to us. We'll yes. help you out. That's what we're about. Um, we don't charge yep. any fees at all. Right. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, let us know. Uh, and if you want to be on our show or if you know of a guest or anybody who would love to be on our show, like Dan said, just just send us an, e uh, an email. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, Dan, um, I, I know a couple listeners had sent us a, uh, a message about... Uh, the 69, you know, yeah, what's the 69 mean uh, with the network? <laughs> this is just some well, uh, it, some fan it's, it's mail. A, it's, uh... it's just a play. It's just a play, you know. Um, when we went to get our domain, honestly, folks, that, you know, it was already taken, you know, the Michigan Podcast Network. And there's, there's somebody who has started a network there on Facebook. And, you know, without running any interference and saying, hey, we were here first, which we were. Um, I just thought, well, you know, I put something in the middle there and I, I, to be honest with you and everybody else out here that I, I, I beat my brains out trying to figure out something fun and catchy to slide in there, you know, um, like Michigan para, you know, but we'd already right. done that half a million times. You right. and I, all these podcasts we've done over the years and I got, I, I took a break and I got talking, went upstairs and shared a joke with mama cat. 
um, my wife, by the way, and of course, you know, making a joke about 69. Okay. So without <laughs> taking the show into a bad area, um, you know, keeping it paranormal, I thought, you know, that's it just to be funny. Um, and then I thought, well, you know, what we could really try is a goal. Uh, Bob and I, you know, own this network and, and manage the network together. Uh, you know, the website and, and everything. Um, I just thought, well, I think it'd be cool to reach a point where we have about 69 podcasts, uh, whether they be paranormal or not involved either link wise or, you know, as hosts on the show, that would be the goal. And so it kind of started as a joke and kind of moved into that. And so folks, that's why the 69 is there. Um, it, there's a little tongue in cheek there behind it's, it. It's uh, wink, it, wink. It's actually quite attention getting, you know. I mean, it does. I, I mean, that's it a great does. number. And and Dan, I heck, I thought it was your age, man. I'm like, what? No, just kidding. <laughs> Ouch! Ouch! Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, there's days I feel that old, Bob. There is. There are days. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, the, the 69. You know, it it is a good number, no matter how you look at it. Um, but it also represents too, I think, as far as our network, our network is pretty much an adult only network. I mean, it's nothing that we don't recommend, um, you know, your kid listen to these shows, although some of them can be family, um, oriented, um, maybe even this EVP show, but you've got to kind of monitor it yourself as far as if you want any of your kids listening to this. Um, but it is primarily an adult network. So like Dan had mentioned, we do throw in a little tongue in cheek adult humor and yeah, uh, dude, I, be- I I love the name, man. Michigan sixty nine podcast, right? And there may be some off color language, you know. Again, we apologize. You know, we're sorry, but we're not. I mean, we're adults. Yeah, we're not um, FCC regulated thing, here, man. <laughs> right. And the other part is, you definitely you don't want kids tuning into the Big Dog Show, uh, which is heard <laughs> on the Michigan sixty nine podcast network. Uh, that's my show. So yeah, you, you don't want kids under eighteen uh, listening to that, but. You know, we we also are carrying. I know we everybody's like, when are you guys gonna shut up and start the EVP stuff? You just just bear with us one, uh, just a few more seconds. Um, the other thing is too is that we've carried over our original network, the Paranormal Now Network, which survives and exists here on the, the page, our website. So if you go and look that up, you'll find the Paranormal Now Network, and you'll find this program, I Want to Believe Radio, uh, SMP Paranormal Show, and, and a few more that are, that are coming over. Uh, we're supposed to be getting segments here pretty soon at some point from Jason Sullivan, who's been out in the field uh, of paranormal for years. Danielle Garrison's going to stop in from time to time. A lot of folks, Bob and I know from the past, uh, who had, you know, they're, they're pretty well known in, in not just our circle or our area of the world, but a lot of people around, you know, the nation know these, these two folks and they really respect some of the things that they have to say. So we've got that going on. Um, and then, you know, we have another section and different pages in there that are, are a little bit of everything for everybody. Uh, and the reason, reason we're pushing this so much folks and, and thank you for bearing with us is that we want you to know that if maybe you don't feel like listening to a paranormal show tonight and, or after this, when you want something a little different, you'll go over there and you can get Fear of the Mind Radio, which is old-time radio horror and drama. Uh, you know, ter- again, like Bob said at the beginning of this program, turn down, the- keep the lights down, and uh, you know, sit by a warm fire, especially on a winter night, and uh, have your mind really creep you out before you go to bed. Uh, some of those programs are very, very famous for that. And then we have other programs again that are in themes of, you know, the truth of the matter and. And just just a whole a slew of things we're trying to offer here. Keep it, you know, keep 
keep it simple, but yet easy to navigate and just get a get a flavor of different things that might exist out there. But uh, at least thank you for tuning into Paranormal Red. I guess we'll just end it with that. I, we're, you know, thank yeah, you for being here and just absolutely. tell your friends. Tell and, your friends. And also before we get into the EVPs, I just want to say check out our our friends and um, the supports for our network um, on the homepage. You can scroll down and just check out our friends and and the uh, network support. And uh, there's some links there. Uh, Michigan's famous Henderson Castle. Uh, be sure to check that link out. Dan works hand-in-hand yep. hand, uh, with the owner of Henderson, and they do outstanding tours of that of that facility. Just a wonderful haunted location. And believe it or not, my wife and my oldest son, had a chilling encounter there at Henderson right. Castle. And uh, just so be sure to check it out. Um, a lot of the places um, there that we put that we link up, um, they're true friends, and we encourage you to check them out. Very cool. Very All cool. right. So, Dan, let's say I want to I get started in paranormal investigating or ghost hunting or, you know, I, I'm an amateur. I want to go out. I want to explore. I want to have an experience. Okay. What is the first thing I do to have that paranormal experience? What is the easiest thing for me to do? Where's the easiest place for me to start? Well, this is going to resonate back to your beginnings and my beginnings, which, you know, we'll, we'll share again, uh, either in this show or on down the road, you know, to give people an idea of where, why we got started and where we come from. Um, is to, if you have an interest in this, you know, there are good, bad, and ugly programs out there. Either it be on, wow, wow, wow. Um, either it be on uh, YouTube, uh, internet, uh, you know, cable TV, uh, you know, whatever it may be that's going on right now. I suggest give a taste of them all to take a look, see what's going on. And before you decide on, you know, one particular way that maybe you want to be also check out this building, which I always, I always got to make a joke that there's this building that may be in your town. It's weird. Um, it actually has these things called books in them and you can actually go there and check out books. Uh, okay. It's your library folks. And you can go there and you can get a lot of authors and people that Bob and I grew, you know, grew up with, uh, Hans Holzer and, and, you know, the Steigers, um, I mean, the list goes on and on, you know, uh, even people that are still current, like the, you know, uh, Ballinger and a few other folks are writing books constantly. And of course I'll throw out Ed and Lorraine Warren. We, that's a whole nother program for me, but, uh, I'll put them out there too. But the fact is get some information first, um, to really get started. It, I guess Bob would be old school. You, you, have, you yourself have professed that, uh, when you got started and you, I've been to, library events where you've hosted and given lectures. This is before we merged, but we've always been friends, you know, during that time. And I say the same thing is that old school, you know, you guys could start out with an Instamatic camera. Yes. They, they make a, still a brand new form of that digital cameras. Um, you don't have to have that, but I suggest having a digital camera, a digital recorder or a cassette recorder. If you can still find them, uh, there's reasons why uh, a notepad with a pen and flashlights. And, of course, common sense. That's the biggest thing Absolutely. to have with you if you want to start in this is don't think everything you see here and experience as a ghost. Uh, you're going to want to look up scientific method, follow that to the letter, and then make your, make your decisions and back it up with some research and some other things. I'm throwing a lot at everybody right, right. now, but 
But old school is the best way to get started and just start going out to cemeteries um, with permission, you know, uh, or places that, you know, you can get into and ask, ask questions, but be safe, you know, absolutely. Just, just having an open mind and, you know, it doesn't matter. There's no law that says you only get paranormal evidence or experience, experience um, the paranormal during the night hours. You can go anytime during the day. You can go to a cemetery. Cemeteries are parks that are open from, you know, dawn till dusk. And uh, you can go there anytime with a, like a handheld recorder, even a phone, you know, just uh, turn your, you know, every phone I think has a voice recorder and just ask some questions, walk around and, uh, you know, see what you get. You'd be surprised. But yeah, the I mean these things don't usually happen on command. They happen no. at the least the, the the time that you would expect anything to happen. Uh, the least um, is when something does happen. Right. So um, and and go in with good intent. Yeah, I think absolutely. That's the most important number one thing. Energy. You know, what is it that you want to do with this? I mean, do you right. want to ghost chase or do you want to really investigate? And I'm fine with whatever people want to do as long as they're being respectful and. I always caution your intent. Your intent should be you really want to communicate. I wouldn't suggest going out there and acting like an ass and, you know, calling things out like you may see on Ghost Adventures. And I will right. I will say it out here. Uh, <laughs> what works for, for one may not work for all. And remember, that's a TV program. Right. And I don't suggest going out and trying to infuriate something in order to get a reaction. Just no. talk, talk, to, talk to whatever's out there just as if you're talking to your grandmother. Uh, or or somebody else with respect and uh, your intent should be you know that of something in the light you know some goodness you're just there to communicate yeah. um, and as far as uh, con- conducting yourselves too in a professional manner it's also very helpful um, you know again respect integrity uh, and and don't go into places without permission now. You know, Bob and I do some creeping, and, and we're experienced, but we know a lot of law enforcement people and different people in the counties and things that we go into. So if we were ever to have a, an issue or whatever, if we hadn't, you know, sought out permission beforehand, we know we're okay if we run across someone. But my thing is always get permission, just be safe, but don't go out there and spend a bundle on all the stuff you're seeing on no. TV right away. Right, absolutely. Again, a camera, a recorder, a notepad, and a flashlight – and yourself, your yep. you, your body yep. is one of the best tools you could have because yep. you'll you'll know when there's energy changes when not. But just be safe. Go to safe locations. Please investigate numbers. Um, I do not like that people always want to go solo uh, because again, you know, the world of chaos and the world the way it is, even on the other side, it, there's safety in numbers. And, and so it's I not the I'll dead that, that you worry about so much as it's a living. Um, <laughs> the, the the local hobo or somebody that you're going to run into, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But, uh, you know, also your, your energy, um, whether it's positive oh, or yeah. negative, you know, you always want to go into an investigation um, with positive en- energy, not negative. Um, you know, there's a theory that these things thrive on energy, that that's what they feed on. Right. And, uh, you know, really your, your energy, it, it, it does bring quite a bit into an investigation. Yep. It's, and it's, it goes right. It's basically intent, as yeah, I said. Absolutely. Bob's, Bob's, you know, just breaking it down and, and telling you some good advice. So please heed that. And, you know, I mean, really, it just takes you being inquisitive, open-minded, as Bob said, is important, too. Um, some of the best advice I got, folks, 
folks, and I was like this when I really decided I wanted to start a group rather than just going out with a friend here and there because I'd been at it on and off for years, as has Bob, um, was to, you know, you know, we all want to eat the, the elephant. You know, if you all want to eat the giant chocolate elephant, but you need to take little bites at a time in order to achieve eating right. it. Absolutely. And that sounds weird, but, it, you know, just take it slow. Makes sense. And investigate places. Right. And if you need advice, there are good groups with good people that are willing to, you know, talk to you or respond to you. And you may have to go through some that don't. And that's just the way of the world, too. But like us, if you guys ever, any of you out there, ever have a question or something, I always tell everybody, just hit me up. Find me on Facebook uh, or right through here on the program. Uh, Bob, too, I mean, ask us. We'll, we'll give you some advice if you're not sure about something. And it may not sometimes be everything that you want to hear because sometimes we, by breaking things down, you know, we want everybody to cross the T's and dot their I's when they're investigating um, you know, debunking is one of the first things you should do. And then what you're left with after that, that's when you really should start asking some questions and maybe seeking advice from people who have been doing it for a while. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I guess go forward from there. I don't know what else to say, I guess. No, no. I, you've, you, I think both you and I have covered it. Uh, so anyways, without further ado, well, hey, you know what, Dan, let's, let, let's take a break. Okay. Let's take a quick break and we will come back with some EVP Evidence. You are listening to I Want to Believe Radio with your host, Dan Big Dog Holroyd, and myself, Bob Scrubs Penny. We'll be right back. Thoughts of suicide may feel impossible to overcome, but with help and support, you can find hope and meaning. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK to speak to a counselor or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. It's free. It's confidential. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And even if it feels like it, you're not alone. Take a stand. Take a stand. Take a stand. Like my brother did, when he wouldn't take no for an answer. Like my wife did, when she asked the right questions. Like my friend did, when she made the call. You stood by us when we were in uniform, so stand by us now. Take a stand for those who served our country. If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, the Confidential Veterans Crisis Line is here for you. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at veteranscrisisline.net or text 
Welcome back to I Want to Believe Radio Special EVP Edition. And we left off. We were just kind of getting started. We were talking about the basics at, uh, you know, how you might experience some paranormal activity or what you need. And now that we have our equipment, we have our handheld um, recording devices. Let's get the show moving on here. Um, This right here, Dan, if you want to set it up, this is an EVP from East Hall at Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo, Michigan, a major university here in Michigan. Um, Dan had received this evidence back in 2007 at East Hall. Do you want to yeah. talk about that? Yeah, we well, we had we've been hitting East Hall. It's a it was the building is still there, a uh, portion of it, and it was East Campus of uh, as Bob said, Western Michigan University here in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and. Uh, old history it's been around for quite a long time and not only that the person who helped build that east campus uh was interred in this very building his ashes were in the cornerstone out back of the building and standing at the building you have a great view still of downtown kalamazoo um the university had a really great cambridge feel to it but uh you know at this time um you know i'd been running around the place since i was a kid because it's right near Henderson Castle. You can virtually go to the other end of that campus and you can look over and see, you know, parts of the, the towers there on, the, on Henderson Castle. And I was, I grew up two blocks from there. So I ran around this building as a kid, sled down the hill out, out back, you name it, I, I ran around the place. Uh, so fast forward to, you know, 2006, 2007, uh, I decided with a partner at the time to start making routine visits during open hours. Um, you know, we went and found the manager uh, who was in the archive, which was the gymnasium on the north end of the building. And she said, hey, that's that's cool. Um, we've experienced things here, you know, in the gymnasium. And we shut down at five o'clock. But you know what? You have my permission that when you leave, just make sure you pull, you know, the, one of the, the doors shut. Uh, whichever one you leave out of, because, uh, you know, they were having issues on occasion. And most of the the building had been used as um, a teaching uh, school, Bob, from 1905 to 1969. Right. Uh, 1905 is when they completed it. And when you went to school at Western to become a teacher, uh, this is where you learned on the job. They actually had kindergarten classes, preschool and kindergarten classes, all the way up to, I believe, ninth or 10th grade. Um, and you know, you graduated from there and went off out in the world, including teachers. So not only did like literally hundreds of thousands of students come through that place in that period of time, also teachers, people that went out and taught other people. And, um, so it, you know, it, it was left for me to think, and I think others who had been reporting hauntings in that place for years, that there's, there's something left over. And so when I started going there, we were going there once a week, and we did this for about a seven-week period. I remember counting it off, like, well, we'll go there, you know, like every Wednesday or every Thursday. We'd switch out those days, 
And at first, you know, the, about the third, fourth week, we weren't really getting much. I mean, you could tell something was going on. Uh, a lot of the classrooms were locked, padlocked up. A few were um, padlocked, but they were rented to art students. So well, there are big portions of the building that were open as far as basement, open classrooms uh, in the basement area and a couple of the floors that we were allowed to wander in. You know, they no longer had desks or anything in there. They were just open. And, uh, you know, with her permission, we would stay in till you know, six, seven o'clock sometimes and just wander. You know, uh, we'd come across students who had stories. They would hear people. And so. I know this is a hell of a, a rundown, folks, but I just want to give you kind of a history of the place. Um, and so it, it lent, again, a feeling of hauntedness to it, being that it was a university building. And so right around the sixth or seventh week that we were into this, I, we started hearing things audibly, and doors were slamming on us, uh, literally. Uh, we, we'd go out of the teacher's lounge. I'd get about 10 feet down a hallway, and the door would slam shut, like super hard. And, you know, we're the only ones in the building. Right. Uh, so toilets were flushing by themselves. Uh, these were not automated toilets. They still had bathrooms on the third floor of the building that were, you know, had the original uh, wood paneling stalls and they were hand flushable units. Sure. And, you know, we stayed in there a few times after that happened and they would never go off, you know, while we were in the room. But we'd go out in the hallway and the, you'd hear the toilet flush and you'd come in there and, and catch it. Even the even the sit-down stools. It was just weird. So um, this EVP uh, was of a playroom that I discovered in the basement. It had been padlocked uh, shut. They had whitewashed the windows. And where we stood, you could look down into this playroom. And uh, a pair of steps regressed down to the door while the door's padlocked shut. Um, there was a crack in one of the windowsills, uh, probably about a good inch or so where we could look down in and we could see chairs and stuff, and you could see lights coming in from uh, windows on the front side of the building, you know, because they hadn't, they hadn't painted those. You just couldn't gain access where we were. And we're literally kitty corner from the kindergarten room. And I want to let everybody know, too, for just a feel of the place, that um, all the doors were still had that gold leaf hand painting on them from the 1900s. So it said kindergarten, room 101, you know, stuff like that. So... I got the idea of, you know, wondering, hey, is this, a, is this, you know, where you played? Did you like to play in this playroom? And I remember asking that question. And I'm still new at some digital work. And uh, you'll hear a little noise on this EVP. And that's me walking up the steps and grabbing the handrail with my recorder in hand. So a little hint, folks. When you start using recording devices, put them down on something. Don't wear them around your neck like some people do. Uh, don't keep them in your hand unless you know you're standing very still because you will get a lot of noise that will blow oh, yeah. your eardrums out on your headphones. <laughs> so um, I didn't think I had anything. I mean, we didn't do real time then, Bob. So we got home that night, and I played that file back, and, you know, this is this is kind of what I captured. All right. So here we go. Wow, yeah, absolutely. You can hear that. Yeah, I'd, I'd ask, is, is this where you like Loud to play? And yeah, and and you know, you definitely hear somebody saying it's no place to play, and no, I hate it. And no play, the yeah. other the other parts we picked up, Bob, too, which was which was weird. Again, we must have missed it the first time around because right. about a month after that, 
um, you know, we played it at an event and sure. I had noticed, man, how did I not notice the moaning? There was a moan in there. Uh, you heard children playing, yeah, which yeah. we're inside a building, right? So, and there's no kids in there, folks. We we this it was winter time. I mean, it was snowing outside. Yeah, let's. I, I'm in there with my partner by myself. Man, let, let's listen to this again, guys. Wow, clear as day, man. Crazy, it just isn't it? sends chills down my spine. Well, you know, that's not my first EVP. You know, we talked on uh, another program, you sure. know, uh, catching the one on the recording, you know, the boom box back in the 80s. Um, but this, you know, nowadays, that's this is the clearest I've ever heard anything. Right, right. And still pretty new at, you know, kind of really looking into this and using some modern digital recorders. Absolutely. Um, and I will tell everybody, I still have that that digital recorder. It's it has been a workhorse. It's a Sony. Um, I probably don't. I, I just put away right now. I can't remember the model number. But interesting thing about the Sony, as opposed to a few other brands that were out there, is that I don't get a lot of static feedback. And you know that weird, like some of them. If you buy different brands, you get that weird hum. Right. When you when you're playing stuff back, and this is just clear. No, it's, and it's clear as day. What I also love, folks, is the Sony. On top of this digital recorder, not only is it USB compatible, and I suggest that for you people out there beginning in this, if you buy one, because I can download those files instantly into a computer, which is very helpful. Yeah, just plug um, and play. Plug and play. Yep. And also on top, there's a microphone. So if you wanted to use an extended microphone with it uh, mm -hmm. instead of its microphone, which is built into the, the device, uh, and a headphone port. Mm -hmm. And what I discovered just by accident I, on that very invest, uh, next investigation at that place, I just out of the blue plugged in my headphone, had them on. I decided to start doing a session, and long behold, I could hear an ant fart at about you know two <laughs> football fields away. And I, I kid you not, it turned that digital recorder into like the world's best parabolic microphone. Oh yeah. And so now. Um, I noticed when I gathered a few other AVPs, I don't have them on, you know, the page right now. But, you know, I was hearing things in real time over the headphones while capturing them on the digital. And then there were a few times, Bob, that I heard stuff over the headphones, you know, over that recorder. Sure, right. The recorder didn't record didn't it. Didn't pick it up. Didn't pick it up at all. Wow. So, crazy. That's, that's, that's awesome. All right. So I'll set up this next EVP. Um, this was back... In about 2010, this was at the Woodland Inn in Indiana. This was the Michigan Night Stalker investigation. Um, we were called out to investigate this, this, it was a haunted tavern. And kind of its claim to fame was it was along one of the uh, busy routes there, a, a, a highway. And its infamy um, was there was a, basically a, a, a car chase that had happened along the highway. And John Dillinger was supposedly involved with this uh, car chase and the police were actually chasing him and bullets were spraying all over during the shootout. And the bar of the Woodland Inn actually has a couple bullet holes from that shootout. Uh, they had lost a window and bullets went ahead and entered in and entered right into the, uh, the counter there. 
Um, so that was kind of its claim to fame. But anyways, they have had activity at this location between uh, things moving, such as glasses, plates, um, hearing footsteps, seeing shadow people, seeing a, a figure of a, of a little boy down in the basement of this bar. Um, and we were actually down, well, actually it wasn't my sub, but it was a couple investigators of the Michigan Night Stalkers at the time. They were downstairs in the basement doing some EVP work. And they were taking some photos down there. And you would hear one of the investigators, uh, Chris, um, saying there's a car light because there was a car driving by down the highway and the light was illuminating the basement. And you hear one of the, our other investigators, Deb, say flash. And then you hear a voice. It almost sounds like the voice of the of the midget from um, Poltergeist. You know, <laughs> they the, like the, to be called little the psychic little little persons <laughs> from uh, Poltergeist. It sounds like that right. voice. It's the midget from. But from, yeah. uh, it <laughs> sounds like I'll turn off the camera if you want me to. It's really crazy. So uh, take a listen. Hard voice. Yeah, just, I'll turn off the camera if you want me to. Really crazy. Um, it, you know, definitely didn't sound like any of our investigators at the time. There was nobody else down there. Um, Why would but, they say that? But the That's two just, of them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so once again, I'm going to play that. You're going to hear uh, Chris say car light and Deb say flash. And then you're going to hear this this crazy little voice say, I'll turn off the camera if you want me to. Here it goes again. Yeah, crazy, man. Crazy stuff. Yeah, and, and two things you mentioned there, um, just for you folks uh, to know, that um, the reason some of our investigators will say flash, or you might hear Bob and I on maybe an EVP or two uh, here once in a while, is that we're using flash uh, you know, on our digital cameras, sometimes when we're taking photos in these dark spaces and we want to give the other investigator, you know, time to adjust the eyes or close their eyes. Um, cause the last thing you want to do is miss something happening, you know, or blind the other person, you know, when you're taking these photos, right. And it's just, it's a courtesy thing. Uh, uh, the other part I find interesting is, you know, turn off the camera. Uh, we've had that kind of thing said, not as much of a sentence, but, uh, you know, similarly, wow, that's a hard word to get out, folks. Similarly, okay. Similarly. And I've only had one little thing of scotch. So, <laughs> um, well, cherry whiskey, rather. So the, the thing of it is, is that um, it almost seems like it irritates them that we're filming or taking photos. Right. Would, well, you, would it, you agree it, with it, that? I, I agree with that. And I actually believe believe that there's an intelligence there. You know, it knows right. we're there. It knows what oh, yeah. we're doing. And sometimes these voices, these EVP voices, they almost like mock us. Yep. yep. You know, and that happens quite often, I, I, I do find, with a lot of our investigating. So we travel on from Indiana. We go back to, let's see, Dan, uh, do you want to set up another EVP? Yeah, I'm trying to read them here with my bad eyesight here off the, off the webpage here. Um, maybe the screeching in Vicksburg is fun. Uh, this, this setup for this one is we have a town called Vicksburg, Michigan, just south of us here in Kalamazoo Portage. Bob and I live in Portage now, or I do now. Um, 
and it's a very historic town. And my group is on this spree of doing a series of buildings uh, in the town. And this one is not Rawlinson's appliance store anymore, but that's what it was at the time. And, and Julie, who owned it, it had been in her family for well over 80, 80 plus years as an appliance store. Uh, it was originally the police department and fire department, uh, you know, uh, in this building. So here we are on one of these investigations, you know, where we're going to do the buildings because, you know, the idea is to possibly maybe do a walking tour. We can talk about that at another time. Uh, and this is how many years later? Geez, I think, uh, I don't even know if I put a year on this one. I, it's got to be well over eight or nine years ago, folks. So in the basement of this, uh, you know, historic uh, building, uh, you have two investigators. Now, I'm not there. Uh, we have, I'm with another crew in another building, and then we get another crew in another building. We were doing two and three buildings the same night, and then we would switch up, you know, switch up teams. And this is Manny Hernandez. Uh, did a lot of great work with SMP. Manny's still out there. Uh, he's going to come Manny, back. If you're listening. Manny's going to. He does. He does. And, He's a good and man. He's going to be joining us from time to time, hopefully. Good guy. And another uh, uh, fellow uh, that I hold uh, in high regard, um, you know, he goes by Andrew Hunter is his writing name. Uh, we'll leave it at that because I don't know if he wants me using his real name on here. But Randy is his first name. And Randy um, is in the basement with Manny. Now, this noise has – I've been in that basement several times over the years, you know, uh, why we were investigating, because uh, we had done the building about six or seven times, you know, in that eight-year period, because we kept getting good results there. And I'd never heard this before or since, other than this recording, and it's obviously spooked the guys, because uh, you can hear Manny frantically asking Randy if he has a radio, and Randy's a little hard of hearing. <laughs> uh, and they, they and Manny, Manny literally ran across the street to come get me, to come over there and, and played that back on Randy's, you know, voice recorder. Uh, and, and it, I mean, it's, it's loud. Give a listen to this. I mean, I think I'd have reacted the same way too. All right, here we go, folks. What was that? So, yeah, that was clearly audible, and, and obviously the guys heard it. Manny was yeah. thinking it might have been a squelch from the walkie-talkie, but, man, that was definitely a scream. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he's, he's asking Randy if he had his walkie-talkie because he wants... chilling mind-blowing, <laughs> right, man, right. crazy. Right. Let's, let's play he, that again, guys. I mean, that yeah. just scares yeah. the bejesus out of me when I listen to that. Yeah, it's loud. Yeah, it was loud. Do you have a walkie-talkie? I don't have a walkie-talkie. What? Do you have a walkie-talkie? Uh-uh. What was it? It sounded like, sound like a screeching. Wow. 
That's awesome. That was a great, not necessarily an EVP. It was obviously audible. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. audible yeah. And, and, and recordable. And, and as I said, there's been times we've had things that loud and nothing shows up on the digital, which is mind-boggling in itself. But, right. you know, as you hear in Randy's voice, you know, he's like, what What was that? You know, and, <laughs> um, you know, and again, Manny frantically, I, I won't say frantic, but you can hear there's a little – there's a little worry in his voice. Oh, yeah. Like, you have you a radio. Obviously you have pick a, that yeah, up. Yeah, you have a walkie-talkie because they wanted to radio me to have me come over there. So he physically came and got me. But um, we played it for Julie, who owns the building. She still lives upstairs in her in her loft. And she said she had never, ever heard that in the building. Now, it right. wasn't wasn't the heater, wasn't anything, lo- a belt loose and anything. It just never happened again. And uh, just crazy. But I was with Randy on another investigation a little off of, point here real quick um where something similar now it wasn't a scream but uh this is when randy was working on that book about the crouch murder case in jackson michigan right and bob knows about this case very well and um so i'm finally invited in to come out and help you know one of the last things they're going to do there and uh we're there with our buddy uh snyder uh jason snyder uh from you know down down the way in indiana there and uh as I'm in the barn with Randy, just me and him, uh, Randy uh, played a recording of a gunshot, which had actually happened during this case, you know, on that property in right. the barn area. And after he played that, I heard a noise go by my head, and on the floorboards, I'm up in the hayloft. Randy's down in the like the mule pen, the horse area. Sure. Um, again, only two people in the building. I heard a rock. About about the weight and the size. I mean, I swear, I would have thought somebody threw a sixteen pound bowling ball uh, past my head. I mean, that's I felt the vibration and everything, and I heard it hit next to me. I instantly lit up my light. I have a tact, couple tactical flashlights. I mean, this lit the whole barn up, and there was nothing up there, Bob. Nothing, and Randy jumped too because uh, I heard him go, "What the hell?" Because uh, <laughs> he heard it too when right. he hit the floorboards. And we could not find a rock or anything in there. Uh, we went outside and asked, you know, uh, Schneider uh, if everybody, you know, was, obeying, you know, conducting in good behavior because we did have a crowd of friends of the family were uh, outside a little ways at a bonfire. Sure. And we wanted to make sure that they weren't screwing with us. Right, and right. said, no, I've been around out here with everybody. What happened? And, you know, we told them. And that, that does survive on a recording uh, that Randy had played on some interviews over the years, you know, after they published their book. Um, you know, I think it's called Veil from Beyond or something. I've got a copy. But, you know, it's, again, it, it's one of those things that when you hear something so loud and audible, uh, all you can do is react. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, now we travel to uh, the infamous Three Rivers Hospital, the old Three Rivers Hospital. Uh, which had opened up back in the early 1900s and was closed in 1987 and has fallen in disarray ever since. Um, It's uh, sitting there in Vicksburg right next to a park, Skidmore Park. It's this big old abandoned monument of health, of a hospital, of of times, eras gone by. Um, You know, we had gotten permission from the city from actually one of the, uh, the the city manager, and we had, had to go to the police department, and we had to sign consent forms saying that if anything happened to us, if we right. fell down an empty elevator shaft or you know ended up dying or whatever, we couldn't come back and sue you know the city. 
So we actually went in legally. We, we even had a police officer that would kind of patrol around making sure that we were safe and no one was messing with us. Um, but we were able to enter in. And like I said, it, it literally um, some spots in this abandoned hospital looked like a bomb had went off. Um, some spots looked like it was the land that time forgot. I mean, they actually had the wards, um, the surgery OR suites. They had elevators, empty elevator shafts. Uh, you know, you can clearly see it was a place of time gone by. But this EVP here um, was actually caught in the nursery. And in this nursery where babies were born and, and where they had kept the babies, it was very eerie because in the nursery room, it still had uh, like this, um, the walls had these paintings of baby, you know, little deer, like little fawns and oh, yeah, little yeah, the, babies the and little creepy things. baby, creepy stuff. baby yeah. pictures. I mean, all over <laughs> like painted on this inside. And it, like it, yeah, yeah. And of course the paint's peeling and chipping and it just oh, adds boy. that ambiance, you know, but we're in here inside of this nursery. And, and it's, and it's, it's funny because, you know, I know so many people who were actually born in this hospital at the time, but, uh, anyways, we're in this nursery and we don't hear it at the time, but our audio picks up. sounds like a baby crying. So take a listen, folks. You hear it in the background. We're kind of walking around. You hear the crunching um, just from the ceiling falling, you know, in. And, uh, you know, the debris on the floor you hear is kind of stepping, the crunching and just talking. But then you hear a ah, kind of a baby baby cry um, in the background. And you'll hear it a couple times. So I'll play that clip again. Um, Man, there's something eerie about kids, you know, yep. children. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if it's something that was residual. It could be residual energy of these babies that were in this hospital at the time. But uh, all in all, definitely creepy and definitely and, and you proof being that, a person uh, that there's something that, there. And you being a person that works in that profession, too, you know, you know your way around the place. and Sure. You know, you know, kind of what took place in different rooms, but I've seen, I've seen your video, you know, of the, of the place. So yeah, yeah. folks, he's right. It's, it's got a feel to it. Like uh, almost uh, as if it was involved in a war, you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, cause you can see where people went in and removed wire and copper, yep. uh, holes in the wall and, you know, elevators are missing. Just the debris from the ceiling. Yeah. yeah, yeah and then there's a whole section of a wall and. Asbestos. <laughs> we crazy. had to wear masks in there, you know. I mean, it just yeah. There was so much yeah. asbestos. Nutty. That's nutty. All right, Dan. So let's uh, take us to another spot here. What... Let's the, the state do... theater. Yeah, play a state theater one for right. me. Why don't you set uh, up the state? Talk a little bit about the state theater here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah, there's a couple here uh, from the state theater. Uh, you pick the one you want. Uh, basically, the state theater is a Butterfield theater that was put up in 1927 i believe by colonel butterfield now there are i mean there's hundreds of state theaters uh in michigan 
uh, not hundreds, but there's a few. And then there's a few in Indiana. There's some in Illinois. And they were all put up by the Butterfield uh, Company. Um, and they called a lot of them state theater. So if you go on a few of these, including ours here, uh, they're dressed up in vaudeville art deco style. Um, and it's beautiful. I mean, it's ornate. Bob's been there several times. And, uh, folks, it's just beautiful. And this theater hosted people such as, you know, uh, Bob Hope, Bing uh, Crosby, or Crosby, rather. Uh, the Three Stooges have been there doing their vaudeville act. Uh, they had vaudeville acts there. Benny Goodman's been there. Uh, Glenn Miller has played here. So this has a history of not only physical shows, but then they started running, you know, uh, silent movies. Uh, they have an organ there that's from the day uh, that still works. And uh, all the way up till, I think, probably early 80s is the last time I went there, and then they shut it down. Uh, I mean, I ended up seeing Planet of the Apes there in 69 when I was a kid. We lived a few blocks over, which is where Bob works at a place called Bronson Hospital. Sorry to let everybody know where you work, Bob. But, <laughs> no, that's all right. But part of that hospital is built, the parking ramp is built in the neighborhood where I used to live. And we used to walk up there and see movies. So it's got a history. I mean, I saw the preview to Star Wars, folks. In 77, I saw the preview to Star Wars there. And guess what I was there watching, Bob? I was watching, watching that Sasquatch movie. Oh. Uh, Le- Legend of Boggy Creek? And, uh, no, this is the one, I think it's called Sasquatch. Legend of yeah, Bigfoot or something okay, like that, sure, and, yeah. uh, and that still exists, and how, who knew, right? Who knew? Right. So, um, you know, crazy business. So the theater's got a history, folks, and when we when we asked the management at the time, um, a friend of ours named Tom, Tom Kaibach, hey, Tom, if you listen, I know Tom, uh, last time I saw him, he was up in Grand Haven, because, you know, he's not working there anymore. He allowed us in. And um, we even held a paranormal conference there. But back to this this EVP stuff. So we went in there on June 5th. Um, uh, I remember the date because there's some controversy and some fun stuff about that, which we'll share at another time. But we went in and um, we, we were told by Tom in per- earlier interviews and talking to some of the light people uh, who run lighting and sound and stuff there, you know, uh, for shows, because they, they still use it as a concert venue, too. It's still being used to this day. So they said, well, hey, man, we've got lights going on and off. We hear voices. And, again, everything's a great story. When you go in to investigate, you want to have this stuff happen to you. And um, we had some things happen, and a few of the EVPs we gathered were just astounding. Again, they're so clear. Uh, you know, there's one on here called, uh, shush. Uh, maybe we should play that one because I'm, I'm a guy with the group that I like to have things running when we first set up like digital recorders and maybe one or two cameras going Yeah, because sometimes in things case happen. Miss something. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, they happen right away. And then there's times I, I say, well, let's leave one or two things going as we break down again, because we get, sometimes we get evidence and this is one of those times the shushing, uh, where, uh, we're all breaking down equipment and you hear us all talking. We had just got done doing a live blog talk radio broadcast, uh, one of our podcasts back in the day, uh, the paranormals 13 show. And, uh, you know, we had a great time. I mean, lots of listeners and, uh, I went back and listened to this recorder and as we are tearing things down and all of us are talking, you hear something shush us. And, I mean, it's so loud, it echoes in the theater. And, of course, none of us react because we didn't hear it. 
it almost reminds me of that librarian from Ghostbusters. Right. right. <laughs> I, you know, you're right. Now you mentioned library. Like, like, what are you reading? Uh, <laughs> all right, let's play this EVP from the State Theater. It's shh. Yeah. Wow, yeah. You hear you guys just talking and you hear this shh. And nobody makes a comment. Well, Again, obviously. Well, yeah, was it, so this was not audible at the time. No, not at all. Um, we got lights. We turned the lights on, and every you know, you hear everybody's making right, noise right. and packing equipment, uh, especially because we had so much studio stuff there to do the broadcast. But uh, that's just one of a couple. Uh, yeah, here, here, let's here. play that. Let's play that again, man. So imagine this. You know, you're just setting stuff up. You got your recorder rolling, right? And uh, you hear nothing at the time, but later on, you go back to listen to you know the audio. And you hear this crazy shush. Let's listen. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> you guys are being too loud. Well, um, I would say play a second one and we'll jump into one of yours. Uh, the second one yeah. I love is I'm dancing. Um, we, I'm with an investigator, uh, Denise. We're upstairs in the, in the, uh, um, one of the rooms, you know, the backstage rooms. And we thought we heard footsteps on the stairs. So I thought crew that was working the theater and the stage is now making their way up to us, which kind of perturbed me a little bit because you're supposed to check in on radio before we cross each other. Right. Because, again, we don't want to cross-contaminate areas that we're working, you know, as a group. So you hear us kind of whispering, and, and I think you hear one of us say, yeah, because we thought we heard footsteps. And as I'm waiting and I'm looking over the railing down the steps, um, which go right to the stage, all of a sudden the footsteps stop and there's nobody there. And I didn't hear anything audibly. Again, listening back, uh, it sounds like a little girl is telling us that she's dancing. All right, here we go, guys. A little girl. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow, you're there. I'm dancing. I know, you, right? Yeah, clear as day, man. All right, let's listen to that again, man. <laughs> Chilling. Once again, these kids, I mean, they just listen to this. I'm dancing. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm dancing. Wow. Spunky. And, it, and it, it could have been an adult, too, Bob. I know one of the, one of the crew uh, eventually had said, well, you know, the way that they had talked around the 20s, um, that very well could have been an adult woman because uh, a lot of these vaudeville shows, you know, they traveled. And it almost has like that, you know, like that New York sound to it. Yeah, it you know, does I'm a little dancing. bit. Yeah, and, you know, it could have been one of these Zigfield girls that danced on sure. that stage a hundred times. You know, who knows? And why why they're there, I don't know. It, I don't know if it was intelligent. You know, that could, like Bob had, had said earlier, it could be this residual thing that just, when the conditions are right, it just replays. Right, right. Um, you know, or there's a slip in time. Who's to say? But... Great theater, great history. Uh, it had a, uh, you know, Barnum and Bailey Circus had animals on that stage. Uh, we can play that one at a later date. But, um, you know, as I said, we, we, I didn't know that until we collected an EVP. And then Tom's like, yeah, we had the circus here, uh, Barnum and Bailey, and they had elephants and zebras on stage. And I'm like, elephants? So that's how well that stage hey, was built. Now, now is, it, is that on? Is that on here? Um, yeah, you. He, I think it's on there. It, it, it might be a... 
It might have been one where it's kind of like a howling or a bullwhip. Yeah, because there was the bullwhip one. Is that it says under the man howling? yelling or something? I'm not sure what I titled it. Man yelling. Okay, let's okay, let's try this. This is uh, EVP from the State Theater, um, and this sounds like something from a Barnum and Bailey Circus um, show at the State Theater. So let's take a listen. Wow, clear as day. It sounds like an animal handler back in the day, you know. Um, maybe there was a show, uh, Barnum and Bailey show there at the State Theater, and you hear this guy going, hey! Yeah. You know, just yeah, like you hear the, you whipping, hear the uh, whether it be a yeah. lion or an elephant or something. <laughs> right. or, well, the, I mean, the, picture, the picture that Tom showed us, there were a couple, and one was hanging in the office. How I missed it when we were there talking and interviewing with him, I don't know, but it was behind me. It had two smaller elephants on stage standing up on their hind legs, and there was right. like a you know like big drum. Sure. And then he pulled out a couple other photos because they keep everything there. Oh yeah. Um, and he pulled out another photo, and here is a guy on top of zebras. They're going around in a circle, and guess what he's got in his hand a in this whip. action photo? He's got a bull whip. So I'm just I'm looking at Tom like, this is just insane, man. You know you you know you you try to connect some of this stuff to to fact. Right. And I think, you know, without really saying that that's exactly what it is, it sure is close. And uh, it really makes your mind wander. So, I don't know, it just excited me. It was a it's, great place. You know, and obviously it, it it appears to be residual. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you just happen to be there at the right time to catch it. So it's let's listen to that again. Uh, man with a bullwhip. Yeah, and you hear him continuously yelling and, and whipping throughout yeah. that whole segment. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Good um, place. Hey, before we go on, though, let's uh, let's take a quick break. Yes, sir. And we will return to, I want to believe, radio special EVP edition on Bruise Radio and Paranormal Rage Radio. All right, welcome back. And you are listening to I Want to Believe Talk Radio. Uh, Dan and I were going over some EVPs uh, from our past investigations here. Um, we last left off at the uh, Kalamazoo, um, the Kalamazoo State Theater, and uh, we were listening to the uh, gentleman with a bullwhip. Sounded like he was whipping some animals there on stage back in the day. But now yeah. we're jumping from there back to Three Rivers Hospital again. Um, <clears throat> now to set this up. Once again, we are at one of the nurses stations and we have the recorder, I believe, just setting on the nurses station and you'll hear us in the background, but you hear a voice and it sounds like it's saying, where are you, doctor? Where are you? So let's take a listen to that. There you go. It almost sounds like a frantic nurse. 
uh, crazy calling out frantically. Where are you, doctor? Where are you? In the background is, you know, we're kind of talking, but you hear this in the background. Um, we're just at this nursing station and uh, we don't hear it. But uh, when we play back the audio, we clearly hear sounds like a woman yelling, where are you, doctor? Where are you? Let's hear that again. Yeah. Where are you, doctor? Where are you? Crazy, man. You know, yep. It, yep. It, and, and, you know, it's not only the paranormal activity that happens at these locations, but it's the history. If walls can talk, yep. you walk into these locations and you just, you know, sometimes that's almost like what we're getting here is this, you know, this retained history being released from these locations and caught audibly on our devices. Yeah, and I want to qualify, too, for folks out there that not every place we go do we get evidence. You know, no, we, no, we, absolutely we, not. You'll, you're going to spend a lot of time, I guess, when we were talking about getting started in this, that uh, you may feel like it was not worth your time or your effort uh, of getting nothing. And then there's other places, like you said, that, you know, just everything's going haywire. Right. Uh, or there's times that you don't think much is going on, then you get back and review your evidence, and it sounds like a circus is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 a hit or miss thing. Um, there's no any said rule, uh, and I don't think every place is haunted. I think every place has activity. Right. It's sure. just there's different levels. Absolutely. Um, and then we're lucky at times that you know Bob catches these things, I catch these things, other people in groups catch uh, these things, and I think you know to tell the difference folks between an intelligent and a residual is if you're doing like a question session and it seems to have answered something that you directly asked, right. you know, catching the girl, uh, dancing and, and you know, uh, Bob's the nurse, you know, where are you doctor? It didn't seem to be too much of a response of us asking something. No, it's just there. Yep. So it, it lends to the possibility of it being, as Bob said, you know, residual, just a, a memory. That's, Absolutely. That's, that just replays. Absolutely. Now, this next EVP is also from the same location at the uh, Three Rivers Hospital. Um, now, this, we basically we were going to leave, take a break, go get some food at the local McDonald's. But what we did was we set up a recorder in the location, locked the door. You know, the place is all locked up. Um, we left to go to McDonald's. We came back, and it sounds literally like all hell breaks loose. Um, now, you know, are we hundred percent sure that there was no homeless people in the building or, or people that knew we were there trying to mess with us? You know, we did not see anybody. We did not hear anybody else there. Like I said, there were police officers patrolling around, making sure that we were the only ones in the building. Um, so we, from process of elimination, we could not, um, come up with anybody else being in this facility besides us. So we left. We were all accounted for. We had just set the recorder on this little table that was in this hallway. So basically, it's kind of the basement of the hospital. Okay, There's a, there's a, a right. doorway, which now it's all blocked off by, um, I don't know if they got like rocks or dirt or something in front of it, so you can't get in. But there was a door, and we were parked kind of right outside the door there. Um, and this hallway leads to the, the mortuary. 
that had this little table that was sitting in the hallway. So when we left, we left a recorder there. You can hear us kind of leaving just outside. We closed the door just outside, maybe getting into our cars. But you will hear like all, all hell breaking loose, you know, um, like something shaking in a room or, or around this recorder. I mean, this is not an EVP. This is some sort of activity that was going on right. while we had left. And we didn't believe that it was an animal causing this. Um, there's actually um, these wraps. There's like a there's like a pattern to these this wrapping noise. So take a look. Let me know what you think, or I should say, take a listen. So um, I call this one whole take lot of shaking your, going on. Take a look on. with your ears. Take a look with the ears. This is a whole <laughs> yeah. lot of shaking going on at the Three Rivers Hospital. Yeah, you know, it sounded like somebody just knocking on something and, and all this movement going on. It didn't sound like, you know, something that a raccoon would do or anything like that. And this was literally right after we left. Um, these loud knocks. Um, yeah, we, you know, we, uh, we got back to the uh, facility from McDonald's and we started playing the recording back. And that's what we heard. Um, so take a listen to it again, guys. Um, this is an old abandoned hospital down in the main hall going to the mortuary, or I should say the morgue. Um, take another listen. Yeah, crazy stuff. That's a long one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was just sitting here patiently, like, huh, doo -doo, doo -doo. And it, yeah, yeah. It, it is, but like during this whole segment, you hear things like you know moving around, right, um, the, right. the heavy knocking, banging, um, you know, some sort of activity. Um, like it, I it's said, insane. We, I know, it, I know. We talked about that movie theater one that I caught years ago, and same thing. You know, there's. It's you virtually did what we did. We went to go to Whataburger, take a break, and came back. But you hear right. the theater doors opening and closing while we're gone. Yeah, no one's in the building. Right. So, great. Same thing. Crazy. All right, Dan. So I want to set us up for another. Um, spin the wheel. Spin the the EVP <laughs> wheel. Um, do we have the USS Silverside one on there? Loud voice and background yep loud voice and background so um this is the uss silverside this is a world war ii submarine which is uh birthed in the water in muskegon michigan at the museum of the same name and at the time that we were able to be there this is 2008 uh bob morin who's since passed 
was the owner at the time, and Bob was a World War II veteran. Um, you know, he had served on LSTs and a bunch of different uh, ships, and um, he had rescued the submarine from the Navy Pier over in Chicago, where it sat for quite a, quite a, quite many years, and it was just going to rot, and the people were not taking care of it. So Bob rescued it, brought it over. Um, I was told by a person who was listening to one of our blog talk podcasts here in Michigan, had I been to the submarine in Muskegon. And I'm like, when did we ever have a submarine in Muskegon? I had no clue. So went up there, met with him. He just happened to be there. And uh, great man. I really miss him. Uh, He was just a wonderful guy. And uh, I told him what I wanted to do and why. And uh, he started sharing immediately ghost stories of the submarine. And, uh, Bob, this guy was awesome. Uh, you know, he, he was almost angry because he said he had, he had been in and out of that submarine for 25 years and he was really angry that he had not had a paranormal experience yet in order to stay in the water as a museum piece, still to this day, it has to be, um, commissioned through the Navy. They have to be inspected and they have Navy people come on board, uh, welders and so on to inspect the boat to make sure it's not sinking and whatnot. Mm. So he said he'd seen engineers from the Navy run out of there with their hair on fire. They'd hear and see stuff, you know. Uh, Boy Scout groups uh, still uh, will talk about uh, when they spend the night on this, by the way, you could rent this submarine with groups and you can sleep on the submarine overnight. And Boy Scout troop leaders and troop people were, including fathers, you know, volunteers, were reporting seeing people dressed in white T-shirts and blue dungaree pants sleeping on the floor. Um, not thinking much of it at the time because they're half asleep when they get up to go outside to use the bathroom, coming back and that person being gone, uh, you know, hearing voices. So we heard all these great stories. And so I orchestrated a, a an investigation with two different groups. I had met somebody and invited their group along. And this is before I'd met Bob. And um, so we spent the night on the sub. Now, about seven in the morning, and not realizing at the time that we had gathered not only a lot of visual evidence, but we had a ton of EVPs too, um, I sat with a recorder going uh, in the galley. Now, that's the kitchen and food area for all the enlisted people where they eat. And I had fallen asleep on a bench with my recorder going, and you hear uh, one of the investigators say, Dan, you're making way too much noise over there. It woke me up um, because, you know, we'd been there all night. Uh, I mumbled something and then Tina Truax and Mama Cat, Eve, my wife, uh, were sitting across from us and, uh, they laughed because they, I mumbled and <laughs> he had remarked that I apparently was speaking in tongues because my wife said, what did he say? She didn't understand what I mumbled. And right after that, Bob, this, uh, again, nobody heard this, uh, this thing comes in and it's so loud had we heard it, we would have definitely made a remark. Um, I've called it loud voice in the background or the Woody Woodpecker, uh, you know, EVP, because <laughs> uh, it is really strange. So give it a listen. Hey, you're making way too much noise over there. I'll do it. I'll watch it up. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I'm speaking in tongues. I'm speaking in tongues. I'm speaking in that room and have a separator. Yeah, I can't figure out where, uh... No, it's in that room, the tape was in. Ah, see? The guy's playing cards and stuff. I know where that's at. Mm-hmm. That's in the captain's, uh, briefing room. Well, yeah, that room. 
That's just creepy. I mean, you yeah, hear this. No, I, don't think I mean, <laughs> obviously, speaking in tongues. <laughs> right, right. And and I, I still got to hone that one down because I think there's more on the end of that recording. Um, and but the but as I said, you hear me, you know, say something. And as the girls are in the middle of a con- you know laughing, right, in a conversation, yeah. and the you know the other investigators laughing too something speaks over them yeah. and, and i mean it's loud and that's what i've i found out with my investigating is is a lot of these evps happen um during conversations amongst right. team members it's almost like they're using your conversation as white noise um but have you been able to decipher as to what it's saying well we slowed it down and it and and it sounds like a male voice if you slow it down uh, and it says speaking in tongues, and it's laughing. So <laughs> I think that it found that that was kind of mocking you. Yeah, said that, yeah, that was, you know, that it was funny too. And obviously, whoever it was or whatever it was was aware of what was happening. And we had stirred up a little bit, I think, that night because we had had the girls sleep in two of the bunks. And you know, it's kind of bad luck in Navy, uh, you know, terms and history to have women on board anyway, uh, you know, it's an old, old thing, uh, let alone sleeping in their bunks. Right. And, um, you know, we had caught video evidence on there that's up on YouTube folks. Uh, again, I'm working on the YouTube channel, uh, by the way, go over and punch in the paranormal now network, uh, on YouTube and you'll find our channel. Uh, eventually going to have that video up there. Uh, we not only caught a manifestation in the hallway when no one was on board the submarine, we also caught a shadow figure on video uh, in the forward torpedo room, uh, and I'm going to put up uh, all the EVPs that I can gather. Um, I have stacks of CDs to go through, but I know they exist, and one of them has a dog barking <laughs> on board that submarine. And uh, we let the dogs out. Yeah, and I, I we couldn't figure it out, and then we found out that they had a mascot on the first mission, uh, named Admiral, and it was a dog they took oh. with them. Uh, on this first thing, but uh, sure. submarines. If you guys get a chance in in uh, you know Muskegon, Michigan, or if you're ever visiting uh, mid to northern Michigan, go to Muskegon, check it out. They've got uh, a World War II submarine, and then the other side of the bay in Muskegon, they've got the LST three nine three, another ship we've done. Let's take another listen to that EVP here, a <laughs> uh, voice that appears to be knocking or mocking Dan and uh, some of his investigators. Speaking in tongues. And and as we state there, folks, when you go to that page, the SMPN investigation EVPs, uh, we're going to end up putting photos and other stuff on there, too. Um, you know, it's stated that this is well over a thousand or more. And it would be crazy to try to put all those on one page because 
we we've still got to include uh, those that are brought over from the Night Stalkers. You know, uh, with Bob's played tonight and stuff that he wants to include, and uh, let alone you know his group and my group. It's got to be thousands and thousands of EVPs uh, because we had been to hundreds and hundreds of locations. You know, uh, I don't think people really take that into consideration that. You know, you'd been busy for years doing this, as has I, and we have a lot to share. So what what do you got next, buddy? What's coming up? Well, next we're traveling to uh, Plainwell, Michigan. Um, and this is actually one of the very first trading posts in that area. Um, mm-hmm. The trading post had be- become basically, it was called the Red Brick Inn. And then it became a Sam's Joint restaurant. And now you say they tore it down. I think I think that I'll... I'll I'll look that up. I thought somebody said that it was either due to be right destructed, you know, <laughs> towards yeah, no, no, they, um, or that they had already done it. I'm not sure, sure because well, I, somebody I know it hasn't been up. used in years. I think the last few years it's been closed. It's been sitting vacant and empty. But this actually, um, the Sam's Joint restaurant. There was a chain of them in, in Michigan. Yeah, and this yeah. is one that was in Plainwell. Um, originally, it was a trading post. Right. And um, it was back in Plainfield, Michigan days. It was called Plainfield Township at the time. And it was believed to house the Underground Railroad. Um, there's actually, um, we've done some um, investigating or research, I, sh- I should say. And um, they claim that, yeah, this building was indeed used as part of the Underground Railroad. And there was a little slave girl that had been raped on the premises. And, you know, I couldn't really confirm that. You know, it's just kind of there's a legend that's been passed on, passed down. But uh, there's with this location, there's been uh, numerous suicides that have occurred. Um, There was a period of time where the building was vacant and actual police officers would patrol the area, would drive by at night and they... Actually, and this is documented, and, and this is indeed, we did talk to uh, um, the uh, police department there, but one of the officers did claim that they seen a body hanging up in the attic of this location, in, in the building. They, they had seen a body. Um, there was a light that was illuminating the background, and they seen this body just kind of swaying. And when they went inside, it was vacant at the time. There was, there was nobody there. Nothing was there. Um, we've got numerous EVPs from here, um, different, you know, numerous pieces of evidence. Uh, this is one that I have now that I have just at my hands. I do have some other ones, uh, with a little, little girl asking about her bobby pins and whatnot, but we'll play that at another, at another show. But this down in the basement, cause the basement was originally the original floor. It was the foundation and there's a an old fireplace that is down there, which was the original hearth of the building. Right. And I had this recorder just set in stationary in this little fireplace. We were all upstairs at the time, but you hear, it sounds like a male's voice. Here's like it's saying, you'll never know. You'll never know what the secrets of the Sam's joint <laughs> or red brick in uh, restaurants or trading post. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play this uh, EVP. Um, like I said, it sounds like a gentleman saying, you'll never know. So let's take a look. You'll hear us in the background upstairs. You do hear some voices, but you will hear this ultimate voice speaking as it's speaking in the recorder. 
it's almost like a whisper, like, you'll never know. I mean, <laughs> crazy, you know, like we just had it stationary at the time. We went back to look over the evidence. You know, we'd heard this voice. I mean, clear as day. You'll never know. And so let's take another. What's that, Dan? No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. just take another listen here. Yeah. So you'll never know the secrets of that location. <laughs> and Man, I hope they have, didn't tear the place down. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm Like I said, I, I, I'll have to look because we had gotten an invite uh, sent to you and I on the Facebook page uh, not too long ago. And I said, well, you know, the gentleman said that he knew the land management people that were doing whatever, you know, with it and said he could get us in. And I said, well, please do. Uh, Bob's been there. I'd like to go there because, you know, we, we had a fun competition going with both groups today. It was never mean or nothing. And there were a lot of times there were places that I wanted to get into. Bob kind of beat us to the punch, which was, which was cool. I was <laughs> always cool with that. Um, you know, uh, but this is one of them. And like you said, I think he had said that he, when he checked that they were going to demolish the place or they were in the midst of it. But it, we have a few of those a historic of places like that, that I, right. I just always pray they don't do that. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's one of them. The other one that's now a, a business um, that you've been to, Bob, which is, you know, out in uh, Richland. And, you know, uh, there had been a, a gentleman out there who had trained, you know, militia soldiers for the Black Hawk Wars. And it's now. Oh, yeah. Like You're talking furniture. about the Black Hawk Barn. Yeah, it's now. Yeah, I was kind stage of apt coach. to not use their name, but I guess, yeah, Black Hawk. Uh, and, and now it's like a furniture place or something. And, yeah. You know, they don't want anything to do with us. Yeah, it was an old there, stagecoach uh, stop, you know. Um, right, right. Back well, in the, the day. Guys original house, too, yep. at the time. Yeah, and they rebuilt it after a fire. And but We've gotten some great activity there, too. Uh, oh, when we had You had crazy. that conference back, I uh, um, can't remember if it was in like uh, 2010, 2010, I think. 10, right? 10 or 11. And we had uh, tour groups, you know, we... Yep. That we had groups that we divided, and we would investigate the the location, and we had some phenomenal evidence. And we weren't the first to do one there. I know that uh, some people you and I have known, like Christy Robinette and another right. lady who's not in you sure. know paranormal anymore, um, Amy Williamson. You know they had done stuff there on and off for a couple of years. So I was pretty happy to get in there, being that it's local. You know, it's our local thing. But what reminded me of that place? Uh, just I didn't mean to get off track, folks, but. Uh, is Bob talking about the hearth, you know, in the basement. And, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, they had a huge one right there on the main floor that was original because when yep. they rebuilt the house in, in Blackhawk, they built right right back around it. Yep. Yep. And same thing. We had EVPs off the hearth and just weird stuff. But, yeah. you know, cool. cool well, you got to figure that, you know, the, the, the hearth uh, or the hearth, however you want to pronounce it, um, you know, th- that's kind of the – that's that's the foundation. That's the area Focal that everybody point. gathered and yeah, yeah. cried together, prayed together, they ate um, their their cornbread, ate together, and loved together, yeah. right around you know the hearth there. Yep. And uh, yeah, it, it's not uncommon to uh, get frequent EVPs from those locations. Yeah, same same with older homes. You know, we find yeah. out that they've had a fireplace and there's been a couple generations living there. Sure. Um, you know, they sat around, and, and especially if it was a generation that back in the day all they had was radio, you know, right. years before right. TV, and, and especially, as Bob's pointing out, you know, pioneer times, uh, settler times, because I guess that was their radio and TV. You know, they sat yeah. around there at books yep. and they ate dinners. Absolutely. and. That was it. Told you know, stories. And yeah, and being a stagecoach stop, God knows how many 
you know, souls have been through there. Uh, oh, yeah. I know there's still one that exists as a house. I know Douglas here uh, too. Doesn't mean any to any anything to anybody listening, but that's a house, and and they call it the House of Shadows. And I know that you know the owners today. Once in a while, they pop up sharing stories around Halloween time that right. they got weird stuff going on in that house. So uh, just cool, cool stuff. You know, it's apt to. You pick. You pick which. Oh man! Well, I think you know we'll each do one more yep. for this show. So Dan, if uh, let's see, let's find a good one here. Um, I think Daddy might be a good one, and people might have to listen really closely. Um, you should hear. I believe in this one. I believe you hear Deb Para and uh, Dylan, her son. Mm-hmm. who's going to be my f- future son-in-law here soon. Um, crazy how the world revolves. <laughs> um, and they were picking up some readings, and I I think in there um, they weren't unaware of hearing anything, but you definitely hear a little girl say, Daddy. And this is at the Park Club in downtown Kalamazoo. It had been a, ge- a private uh, gentleman's dinner club for years and then you know turned into you know family dinner club. Uh, you had to have a membership, kind of like the Beacon Club was. Um, and uh, we had played this evidence back to the current crew that was working there. Now, this is 2010. I remember this very well. And Rosie, uh, I don't remember her last name, uh, she had worked there for about 30 years. Uh, when people worked at this place, uh, we met a, a, a gentleman who had been there 45 years uh, you know, and remembered a lot of cool things. But they both had told a story of hearing this little girl, uh, a voice upstairs and in different parts of the the house. Um, Now, it's a a dinner club, folks, but it used to be a private mansion. And next door, uh, where the parking lot is, was also a mansion. Now, what we discovered, now this is taking a heck of a jump, and this is just a guess on our part to this day. Um, Researching the family that lived in the home, um, you know, they had children, but it, we, we couldn't really uh, determine, you know, at what age the, the children, if they lived to adulthood or what, whatnot, had passed away. Right. We didn't see anything major that, you know, it kind of had a dead end to it, uh, which is strange because being that Park Club had a history of the building, there's still some things that were missing. Uh, the house next door, um, which had been owned by the, you know, uh, some people in the Balch family. Uh, they owned an ironworks uh, factory in town and were very well-to-do rich, just like the people who owned the park club home because uh, they were mansions. And uh, when the fever outbreak after World War I tore through this nation, I mean, it killed millions. If you think what's going on right now is crazy, you have no clue. Uh, this is nothing, honestly. I hate to diminish it, but it's nothing compared to what happened back then. And entire families were wiped out. Right. Um, and what we found through research is that, uh, and the I, I'm forgetting the man's name, so forgive me, but his headstone with his daughters and his wife is up in Riverview um, Cemetery here, uh, just as we start in Departement area here outside Kalamazoo. And they all died that year uh, within weeks and months of each other including two little girls. Mm -hmm. And so when we heard this, and I had remembered some of the research, I just jumped at the thing because it would have made sense to me that if there were children living next door to one another, they had been over to each other's house playing. 
you know, that happened back then, it still happens today. Right. And when we heard this cry of daddy, it just broke our hearts, you know, because again, children, you know, Absolutely. and as a, as a parent, we weren't quite sure what to make of it. So I'll just let you listen to it after giving you a little bit of that heart tug there. Um, and we just weren't sure, you know. Let's take a listen. Yeah, absolutely. You hear Deb say flash, and then you hear daddy way in the background. I mean, obviously it is a child. Let's play that one more time. Eerie, eerie. Let's take another listen. Yeah, yeah. It's like you said, Dan, you know, something about about kids. You know, it's just eerie that, you know, the fact that, um, you know, that, that they're, they're left behind. And, and uh, I mean, is it the fact that, um, is it just residual? But, right, right. But, I mean, it, we've had so I, much intelligent activity, too, from these kids. And it's like, man, if, you know, they pass on, is there anyone or anything there to help them on to the afterlife? You know, yeah. why are they still... You know, struggling on this realm. We should, we should do a whole show on that yeah. because I, I know we've talked about that and I, I worked. Like this one, I believe, is kind of residual because we, we had another same voice and it was from earlier session. Again, didn't catch it right away. Right. Uh, where that same girl's voice is heard to be uh, out on a balcony uh, with Deb and, and Dylan again. And Deb said, you know, um, I'm going to step back and you can talk to Dylan if you want because Dylan was a lot younger then. And thinking that a child will talk to another child, and uh, they they heard they didn't hear it with their ear, but they they captured a voice saying "help." Right. So, and it sounds very similar to this daddy voice. So, I don't know that it's I couldn't I couldn't guess that it would be intelligent only because it, when we tried other sessions because we went back one more time after that uh, worked those locations and we couldn't really get anything to respond. Right. So my my thought might have been well you know he knew we were here before. Maybe maybe it's just not intelligent. So I at least I found some solace in that that maybe it's just a it's a replay sure. of something going sure. on. Um, but yeah. like you said, we've been at other locations where yeah. um, I worked a case where I called in Rob Conover. God bless his soul. He's passed on now, and we called Rob up to work a case for us. And I got called in the middle of the night, woken up. Uh, you know, emergency uh, child. You hear child right. and things are going on, and the mom's beside herself. So two of my people came over, picked me up, and we went to Grand Rapids in the middle of the night. And, uh, you know, we did what we did. And I called in Rob because I didn't know what to do with this, this case. Sure. Now, running, running research the very next day, um, you know, we discovered a lot of things. And, and the short of it was there was a farm on the location. We could find that there had been articles written uh, years later about that farm and it'd be turn, it being turned into – uh, you know, um, a business area right? and, um, that the one child that survived the family, again, one of these, these flu, uh, type outbreaks, you know, people got sick. I think it was, uh, might've been tuberculosis too. 
and he survived and lived to an older age and then passed away and then sold the property off and you know now here's these apartments in a section of this where this farm used to be right so you know rob comes up uh does this thing i'm amazed at what i see i didn't give him any information he knew it was a child uh, that we had gotten an EVP from and that we, we felt that we were dealing with, uh, which was trying to communicate with the other child in the house, who was scaring the hell out of him and the mom and other people. They had a whole party of people there one time. They saw a knife fly across the room. Mm. And we interviewed people that were at the party that don't believe in ghosts, and they weren't sure what to make of some sure. things that were going on there. So the short of this was, you know, um, he talked to this child, and he moved him on. And the child had, you know, Rob said, well, he was aware that he had grown up, but he came back as a child because he was told to wait there for his parents that they would they'd meet him again on the other side, and he couldn't find him. Right. Well, he had we hadn't moved on, so I take that for what it is. You know, there's no way to to irrefutably prove that, but it all made sense. I mean, it came together with what he was telling me, and let alone seeing this light fog and this light change in this corner of this bedroom and this closet area, and then this aroma of just almost like rose petal water, just a sweet, beautiful aroma and this warmth that you fell. And I saw the light diminish. There was no tricks right. going on here. Right. And I was beside myself because, again, I, I, I'm open-minded, but I still want to be commonly sense and skeptical, sure. uh, common sense based and skeptical. And um, it still pulled at my heartstrings. And I'm right. like you. It's just like, why do they not get a free pass to just go at peace and Absolutely. be with somebody. And again, you know why? Because we don't have all the answers. We right. think we think we want to say we do because we may go by scripture. Right. Right. We may go by science or even us just wanting to intercept some sort of commonality of, of common sense and decency into this. But I don't think that we really get it. And I don't think right. that we should, you know, we should overwhelm ourselves with the sadness of that. Maybe we just find out. Well, maybe there's more out there, and then we locate them. And as paranormal guys and gals and uh, those in between, that we do what we can do to help them move on. Right. Maybe right. they need help. You know? Absolutely. You know, I a uh, common answer that I get quite a bit when I, especially when I ask somebody um, or a member of the clergy, and I ask them about, you know, why why do we have these these children still lingering, you know. Um, beyond their death i mean is there anybody there to help them and and their answer is always why yes there's always you know they definitely get a free pass to heaven and that what we hear on our plane or this evidence that sounds like a child is demonic activity there you go i was waiting for it. yeah yeah <laughs> i don't yeah. agree with that <laughs> me neither me neither I don't agree with that yeah. um and there were people doing this way before you and i and who oh, are who man. are you know who i'm talking about oh yeah absolutely. and they'll tell you the same thing bob's telling you it's like yeah i don't really believe that's a consensus it just doesn't hold water right it really doesn't right yeah yeah but so, who's to say? You know, who's to say? I, I'm with you, buddy. I don't, I don't buy that either. No, not um, at all. Not one. I can, I can probably count on one hand where I've encountered something that was obviously dark and negative. Right. I know you've, you've encountered some things, and, and again, it wasn't anything chasing me out of the house. It was sure. just something bad, and right. uh, I've yet to have that experience. I'm not, right. you know, I'm not out there crazily putting an ad out in the paper <laughs> or anywhere else to say, hey, uh, bring me into this place, but. Um, I want something that's really going to be to the line because that way I can share with you folks and everybody else out here, uh, you know, my experience on that. Say, so, well, here's what I witnessed and saw because I was there. Yeah. 
And some of those I can't because when we've looked into them, it, it just seems to be more of a human inflection right. and a human problem than it is anything that's, you know, demonic Evil. or, or virtually negative. You know, yeah. Negative. Right. 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 Yeah. Crazy. Well, you know, I, I guess for this last one here, <clears throat> kind of set it up. Um, this is a, a, a location, an infamous location that Dan and I have frequented and quite a bit. Folks, folks, when he says infamous, that means it's more than famous. It's more than famous. Well, anybody, actually, it's so famous <laughs> that this case has been featured on Unsolved Mysteries back oh, when it was on radio, old-time okay. radio. I, I, I apologize for <laughs> making light then. Yeah, go, go for um, it. <laughs> this case is so famous that... Uh, there are numbers and numbers of witnesses who have witnessed some sort of phenomena inside of this cemetery. Um, I know where you're going. Okay. And uh, yes, yes, that is the infamous Anderson Cemetery in Decatur, Michigan. Yep. A little cemetery out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, backwoods. I mean, you've got to drive down eons or miles of dirt roads to get to this location, which is... Um, Fenced in, and you got this uh, little pond back behind the uh, cemetery. And it's eerie as all get out because you've got these old, old oak and willow trees inside of the cemetery that just add to the ambiance. Plus this creepy lagoon or pond, which usually is lit up by the moonlight. Yeah, and that and one house that sits way over there. Way over there. With, with <laughs> a little I mean, light from the house. That kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. And uh, what, what had happened was back in the late 1800s, there was a husband and wife who were murdered in cold blood. Um, and uh, what had happened was they, at the time, there was a housekeeper who was upstairs. And... Um, the both the husband and the wife were shot in cold blood. The front door, they, they heard a knock at the door and opened it up. And the husband was shot point blank. Wife came down. She was shot. She was pregnant at the time. Um, the guy got away, stole some horses, and stole Mr. Morrison's wallet. And the Pinkerton detective agency at the time had tracked him all the way to South Bend, Indiana, but did not capture the individual. Some people claim that it was an inside job, um, that the housekeeper was in a relationship with this man and they had staged this robbery, but they had never caught the robber. So there had been rumors all throughout the years that it was a whole family that, that was murdered, when indeed what had happened was it was a mother who was pregnant and she had a child also the year before who had passed. So yes, I guess there's a family that that, that they're all dead and they're buried in this location. There's this headstone that sits there in the cemetery. Um, Very sad. People still come to this day and bring uh, gifts of offerings to the family um, who are deceased there in the cemetery. I, I know, um, People have reported seeing children up in the trees and these willow trees, um, that and they, they claim that it was related to the shooting. But we had debunked that because, like I said, the wife was pregnant, right? And then 
she had a, a newborn who had died previously, like a year before. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as the boys in the tree, I don't know how those come in, <laughs> but it was debunked. Yeah. So basically, we're at the and, location. And, and I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, I know no. that um, we'll have on here too, folks. Uh, Bob has you know, taken us out there a couple times. We have a, a photo I can't explain. Uh, we were out there on a pretty hot, warm night, like right. a July night or something. You took us out there. And uh, as you were telling that story at that tree where it's got that weird branch. Yeah, absolutely. Remember, I caught that really weird mist. Like sure. there's this There's this fog bank, almost a mist, that's right there. Right. Uh, doesn't show up in any other photo and, uh, just thought that was cool. You brought that part up just now because yeah. we got a photo to go right, right along. Well, and, and this unexplained. is right at the location here. I think I got some pictures of you and Noah, uh, right there at the, yeah. you know, with the headstone yeah. in the background and whatnot. But at this uh, location, it happened to be myself, um, Tony Crawford and, um, uh, Chris, one of our investigators We're at this location and we're kind of reading the headstone, talking about some of the myths, and we feel the temperature drop. I mean, it was already chilly that night, but it had gotten quite a bit colder. And as that happens, we hear what sounds like a shotgun shooting and, and cocking. Um, can't really explain it, but take a listen and see for yourself. That's yeah. About 10 years old. I'm really chilled right here, man. I am too. Come here, Tony. This is a, a wow. Yeah, very good. It's just it's totally different. Oh, yeah. are ten years old. This feels bad. Yeah. Big time. No, right. Feels right here. You get right here. I don't. Yeah, you hear us talking about the temperature drop, and um, then you hear the gunshot, and then recocking, and and that's how. The Morrison family had had died. They were shot point blank by a shotgun. Um, so, you know, we didn't hear it at the time. We heard it when we played the audio back. Another example of possibly residual energy, but it was associated with the place that they lie, you know, right there at their grave, where they're forever entombed. So, definitely eerie and an unsolved mystery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a case that Dan and I continue to work uh, to this day. Yeah, we got plans to hit that again this year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's always a feeling out there, too. I know we can probably say that about quite a few of them we've been to. but um, And it's for me, it wasn't just the tragedy of the story. There is, We saw a shadow play right. going on in other parts of the cemetery. And I know Noah was spooked pretty good at one point because – he thought, uh, you know, we had to take a bathroom break. And, again, we don't pee on the headstones. So don't <laughs> anybody send any hate, hate mail. Um, you know, we moved off to a section there, and he thought that I had stepped in front of him and then to the left, and I was behind him, and I asked him if he was okay. And uh, he's like, oh, I thought you stepped in front of me. And, I mean, it really creeped him out. Right. he said he physically saw something my size uh, walk to the left. So, nuts. Wow. Yeah, and you're you're a tall dude, man. So that would definitely scare the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, great, great. Location. Unless it was a, a Sasquatch sighting, I don't know. <laughs> it might have been. It might have been the ghost of Squatch. Uh, all right, folks. Well, now you can uh, turn the lights on, and uh, you know, get the room bright again, or if you want to just you know fall asleep, whatever. But that's yeah, it for our that. uh, first, uh, I want to believe, radio EVP edition. 
And uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us. And once again, any comments, concerns, um, whatever, email us um, at the paranormal, or I'm sorry, at the Michigan 69 podcast.com. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bruise Radio. Uh, Bruise Radio. Carries our Paranormal Rage yep. uh, show. Rock Rage. Uh, Rock Rage. Radio. Um, give Stacey Lee a listen over there. She's a good friend. Uh, also, our friends and sponsors, uh, you know, the Henderson Castle, uh, Francois Moyer, HendersonCastle.com, um, and many others. Ed's Basic, you know, Ed's a good friend of mine here in Kalamazoo, local guy, you know, selling cars, uh, you know, keeping his business alive, doing his thing. And there's others. Just go to our links page, uh, give our friends a like. Worst case you can do, find them on Facebook, give them a like, tell them Dan and Bob sent you, uh, especially Henderson Castle. We do the haunted tours there uh bob and i are going to be doing some live broadcasting from there soon awesome as well as more investigating but uh places full of activity full of activity but thanks for listening we appreciate it yeah absolutely and dan to add to our sponsorship i would love to have makers mark sponsor us (laughs) right send us some freebies you know i actually yeah i was taking a few sips uh when bob and i were going on and actually uh, i don't mind giving them a shout out we get no money from it but it's called whiskey dick Okay, now if you don't know what that is, ask somebody in in the room. Uh, if you're young, ask an older person. Uh, it's a little play on, you know, if you get a little inebriated, you can't quite, you know, do your business. So it's a, a brand of cherry whiskey, and it's so good. I get it at Megabev here. Again, we don't get any money from them, but shout out. And, uh, you know, I enjoy a little bit of a, a sip now and then uh, with a good cigar and seeing as how I can't have my cigar in the house. Um, I had a little nip today because I didn't get a chance to have any yesterday. Sure. I don't know why we went on about that. But, hey, you drink your beverage of choice and listen to us, and we appreciate it either Absolutely. way. Absolutely. And, you know, the show just gets so much better when you do drink your beverage of choice. Yes. Absolutely. So, guys, until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and happy haunting. And uh, you guys have a good week out there. Yes. Be safe.